I'm Sydney Kingabwala, and this is Day One from the Miller Entrepreneurship Center at William Mary. Thank you for joining us for our podcast, where we give you a glimpse into the day in the life of some alumni founders doing incredible work and living meaningful, connected lives. Hey all, it's Sonia. I am so excited for this conversation. I've been looking forward to it all season. It is a powerful conversation with three generations of William Mary alumni and entrepreneurs. We're talking about everything from navigating life as a recent grad during the global pandemic, which I'm sure is on a lot of people's minds. Uh, we talk a lot about having the strength to do inner work and letting that sort of channel into your career experiences as well. And we talk about advocating for college parents and ultimately helping other people unlock their own unique power. So I'm very excited for you to hear from these three alumni, and let me go ahead and introduce you to them. Samantha Boateng graduated from William & Mary with degrees in history and English in 2019. While still in high school, she co-founded Read to Lead. Read to Lead is a nonprofit organization that builds libraries worldwide and runs literacy programs in an effort to exponentially increase the worldwide literacy rate. In 2016, she was named one of 22 under 22 most influential college women by her campus. Samantha recently served as an operations officer for Slam Technologies and is currently working as a project manager for J2 Global. Nicole Lynn Lewis graduated from William & Mary with a degree in English in 2003. While enrolled at William & Mary, Nicole juggled academic work and college life with caring for her three-month-old daughter. These experiences empowered Nicole to found Generation Hope, a DC-based nonprofit dedicated to providing teen parents with financial and emotional support as they attend college and ultimately reducing generational poverty. Nicole also holds a master's in social policy and communication from George Mason University and an honorary doctorate from Trinity Washington University, as well as being the grand prize recipient of the Rosalind S. Jaff Awards. Nicole's new book, Pregnant Girl, is also set to release in May. Dorian Baroni graduated from William & Mary with a degree in cultural anthropology in 1981. After leaving Williamsburg, Dorian's intellectual and business interests led her to graduate work at Columbia University and University of California, Los Angeles, where she earned her MBA in organizational leadership. Dorian spent time learning and working at Morgan Stanley, BP, as well as several different consulting firms before channeling her experience and expertise into founding both Dorian Baroni LLC and Women Agents of Change. Women Agents of Change is a change mastery initiative that encourages positive social impact through the three elements of self, teams, and systems, while Dorian Baroni LLC offers executive coaching and consulting services. Okay, so welcome everyone. Uh, the first question that we like to ask on our podcast is, when you were a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? And um, Samantha, you're smiling, so I'm gonna I'm gonna pass it off to you um, for our first answer. Um, honestly, as a kid, I wanted to be everything. I it changed by the day, even as I got older. Even still. Um, I see something cool and I am like, that's what I want to be. That's what I want to do. Um, so I think that's kind of like shaped me now, because even though I like I studied English and history, I'm pursuing so many different things in different areas. So 
yeah, it changed by the day. I wanted to be a doctor at once, a hairstylist, a mother. I mean, <laughs> just a bunch of different things, so. <laughs> It's such a great question. I had to really think about it because it's been so many years ago uh, for me. And uh, I, the, the earliest thing I can remember is that I wanted to be a reader. I loved books. And I remember people asking me and I said, I just want to read. And of course, then I found out that wasn't actually a job or something that one officially did. But I think it was the hunger for exploring and learning and noticing what happens around me that really was core to everything. Then eventually I wanted to be an engineer and then I wanted to be an anthropologist. And then, you know, I pursued all of those as a way of learning more. Um, when I was little, I always, first and foremost, knew I wanted to be a mom. That was just, you know, ever since playing with my My Little Ponies and my Ken and Barbie dolls, that was always something that I uh, knew that I wanted to do. Um, and then uh, there were two kind of professions that I was really, really hyper-focused on. One was being a singer. I loved Whitney Houston and the way her veins would pop out on the side of her neck when she sang and just like, she just sounded amazing and loved all her songs. And I had the hairbrush in front of the mirror. Um, and then I always loved to write, um, always been a writer to the point where my family would call me the paper eater in the house because I would literally find paper from post-it notes to napkins to notebooks and I would be writing poems and and books and all sorts of things and so you couldn't leave blank paper around me that's how much I love to write um, and yeah so I also thought I might be a journalist and as I got older my passion for writing um, uh, became kind of writing for our school newspaper, writing for our regional newspaper. And so I had a vision of kind of traveling the world and writing as a journalist and maybe singing in the shower along the way. <laughs> you guys were made for this podcast. I love the way that each of you just naturally expanded upon those very like um, mini Dorian, mini Nicole and mini Samantha um, ideas of who you wanted to be. Uh, we'll return to that. Um, but for now, I really want to focus on a day in your life right now. I know it's probably different because of COVID than, you know, it ever was before this past year, but that's, that's part of it. And we really want to hear how you all are, um, you know, any morning routines or just things that you do every day that bring you joy um, to just work stuff and, and how you go about your day, getting what you need to get done, um, done. So my days are pretty jam packed these days. Um, I am a mom. So, so my, my, my little pony and, and Ken doll kind of um, practices uh, and my preparation there paid off because I'm a mother of four and I'm expecting and um, we're welcoming our fifth child in June. And so lots of uh, juggling during the day, especially with COVID. And we have a range of ages from 21 years old is my oldest. Um, and she actually was three months old when I started at William and Mary, um, all the way to uh, our youngest is two years old. And then of course, um, you know, we'll have a newborn in the summer. So, so I'm juggling uh, the impacts of COVID on everything from college closures to K through 12, you know, going virtual 
to no child care with my pre-K little ones um, and making sure that all the balls stay up in the air. My husband and I, you know, have sort of gotten a routine under our belts um, with COVID and trying to manage it all. Um, and there's also been some bright spots to it because without COVID, I probably would, you know, I wouldn't be able to be with my kiddos as much as I've been able to over the past uh, year. And, um, you know, traveling for work and, uh, you know, being in the office all day, running around to meetings and events in the evening. So COVID has been an opportunity to kind of slow down a bit. But, uh, you know, even though I have little ones at home, I'm juggling also all day meetings, you know, and I think uh, in some ways Zoom has made things a lot easier in terms of connecting with people, but also a bit nonstop where you can go from Zoom meeting to Zoom meeting to Zoom meeting. So some days that that is how it feels. Um, and I think what, so what I try to do in terms of rituals and uh, keeping my sanity in all of it is um, I always start with prayer in the morning. I, I have a scripture that I, um, that I read and then I uh, meditate on and think about and then um, you know, just pray and kind of center myself for the day. Um, and then what's also really wonderful is just having the kids to, you know, just in those moments where you're feeling overwhelmed, sometimes I stop and we do Play-Doh or we go outside and we look for worms. And, um, it, you know, sometimes it's just the craziness of the day, but I really do find myself grounded in those moments um, with my kids where I, I'm reminded of what matters most. So I would say that as a recent-ish grad, it's been a, quite a challenge navigating COVID and post-grad life. Um, for the first part of 2021, I was just applying for jobs. So that took basically the entire nine to five. In addition to like working, I work alongside my parents um, in running their business. Um, but now that I do have, I recently started working um, for a company. Now, like Nicole was saying, then it's basically nonstop, Zoom meeting after Zoom meeting. Um, it's a little bit difficult navigating, kind of trying to build something for myself as like a young person, but then also being stuck at home and like not, I, it feels a bit restrictive to be honest, but also it's nice because I do have that space to kind of like determine what it is that I want for my life and for my future. So it feels like this past year from all of 2020 to now has really been a time of like self-discovery, which I, was my intention, but I didn't expect it to look this way. Um, I graduated early <laughs> because I wanted this year and a half off, but I didn't expect it to be literally like at home. <laughs> So it's been interesting um, and just like navigating what I want to do in the future. I'm glad I got accepted into a grad program. Um, I'm going to study poetry. So that's like something I'm really excited about. And we talked about it um, last time I came on the um, Entrepreneurship Center. So it's nice. I'm now like figuring out, I like this, I don't like this. Um, to kind of like create balance in my life, I started watching Netflix. I had stopped for a while, but now like during lunch, then I'll watch a show, um, like 20 minute sitcom, um, just to like laugh and like release a little bit. 
And I'm also trying to, I think being at home like kind of makes you stagnant sometimes, but trying to like go on walks. I, I've been walking a lot more. Um, if it's like just even indoors, just walking around my house, um, walking outside, wherever. So yeah, that's just a little bit about the day, a day in my life. to day one from the Miller Entrepreneurship Center at William & Mary. If you love day one, you'll love Alumni Founder Series, a virtual event from the Miller Entrepreneurship Center where you can learn about an alum's journey from the bricks of William & Mary to launching their own venture. To learn more and mark your Google calendars for the next AFS, find us on Instagram or at millerec.com. Wow. Uh, I just realized as you both were speaking, Nicole and Samantha, it's been four decades since I graduated from William & Mary. So I am, I'm feeling my seniority in this moment uh, and, <laughs> and appreciating um, how we're all connected at the same time for this amazing family of alumni out there. So what uh, day in a life? I, I used to travel 200 to 300 days a year pre-pandemic. Um, so in some ways since March of last year, um, it has grounded me completely in this location where I am in Tucson, Arizona. And it has been a trying year as it has been for so many globally. And we're so lucky actually to be able to do the work we do virtually. Um, and because I had started doing virtual work in 2017, my days haven't shifted that much except for the fact that instead of meeting people in person, I'm meeting people on Zoom or in phone calls. So the my day is still shaped by my passions around work because I just adore my work. And so I wake up ready. Uh, I work mostly with European and North American clients and companies. And so my days are earlier in the morning, uh, which then leaves me the afternoon after two or three in the afternoon to sort of slow down. And what I've been doing to find balance is getting out in nature whenever possible. So I've been really struck by the power of nature and the reminder of the importance of things like forest therapy or forest bathing, those concepts that even a half hour in nature is a way to build resilience in us because we actually are a part of nature. We're not some separate entity. So it's uh, it's been really helpful when feeling grounded in uh, for real during the pandemic. Um, and I guess that's what I would say. My day is the creative joy of my work, my entrepreneurial adventures, and then reconnecting to ground, uh, to nature and to spirit. That's what's kept me even keeled over the last 12 months. I love hearing the commonality in your responses, um, as well as just you know, the points where they diverge from, you know, the stages that you are in your life of, you know, motherhood, and then Samantha as a recent grad, um, and Dorian working just globally and being on that time frame as well of just like that adjusted calendar. Um, I'm wondering, I know Dorian, I wanted to pick up on, you know, a theme that um, was present in um, all of your narratives, sort of all of your days in the life of just this inner work. And I know, 
Dorian, you, from my research and just learning more about you before actually getting to meet you, which is so amazing, um, you're a huge believer in inner work. Um, and that sort of seems to guide a lot of what you do on a personal level, just hearing from you now, but also on a professional level, wondering if you can speak to us a little bit more about how that is a sort of ground for your entrepreneurship um, and the things that you've done. I'd love to, um, just a couple of minutes, perhaps reflection. So I I spent my early twenties um, in, a, in a phase of sort of a career expansion and discovery uh, in investment banking and IT, later in oil and gas, uh, not industries that were particularly thoughtful in terms of uh, their impact on the world in general and the impact on employees in particular. So I found myself uh, in my early 30s having a bit of a midlife crisis uh, and wondering what was this all about? Like why, why do we create toxic work environments that um, don't pay attention to the importance of, of nature's shareholders, stakeholders, and the communities in which they're located. So it made me go inward in order to come back out with a different sense of calling and purpose. And in my experience, the leaders who are able to be part of organizations in ways that are healthy and whole are those who do their inner work first and foremost, because that's really the only person you can change uh, is you. And then through that, you can influence, you can inspire, you can cajole others to join you in their own sense of discovery and what's the purpose of all this. Uh, so I continue to learn and uh, in coaching and consulting work that I do, one of our key tenets is you can't do the work with other people if you haven't done the work first and it never ends. There's always another layer you discover, another blind spot, another conscious or unconscious bias you need to address. It's a constant journey. Uh, and that's what keeps me excited about my work even at the age of 62 and, uh, and interested in like, what do I not yet know that I need to know in order to be a better human being and a better professional? So that's a little bit of why I do the work. It's deeply personal for me. And we are social animals. So anything we do internally will impact people around us. And that's the wonder of it. Thank you. Yeah, that was that resonated deeply with me. Um, I know that each of you is also has also founded a very like socially conscious um, venture. And so I'm sure like centering people and their experiences is a huge part of it. Um, I have a question that's a little bit just a little different, um, sort of moving to Nicole. Um, I wanted, <laughs> full disclosure, I did watch your 2014 TED Talk um, and I was very excited about it. Um, so I wanted to touch on something that you said um, in that talk, teen pregnancy is rooted in powerlessness. Um, and so when I was reflecting on your words, I was thinking about the fact that sometimes we see power as something that only one or a select few can have, um, which I kind of saw in, in Dorian's um, words as well, just about different kinds of organizations and different kinds of businesses and their internal structures. Um, but it seems to me that through Generation Hope, you've been able to transform 
powerlessness into power, not only for yourself, but also for, for everybody that sort of works with you and that's a part of your organization that you serve. Um, so I'm wondering, I really am intrigued by this idea that um, in entrepreneurship and in life, multiple people can be empowered and have and have the power. It's not just one person. Um, so I'm wondering from you, like somebody who has been able to do this, um, in my view, how do you maintain power and strength in a way that also allows others to hold power and see their own unique power? Um, and does this break down to the daily level with you or is it more sort of a, a vision that you keep in mind? Yeah, I think that we, you know, we become more powerful when we lift others up and when we, um, we help people discover their own power. Like I think about the people who I admire most as leaders, who I consider the most powerful and impactful leaders. And they are the people who um, wanted to make sure that other people were thriving, that other people had the freedom to pursue their passions. Um, and so I think there's this misconception about, uh, about power and what power really looks like and what impact really looks like when it becomes this power grab, if you will. And I can only you know, give you so much because I don't want it to take away from what I'm doing. Um, so I think for me, uh, you know, the daily practice is about how do I make sure that I'm lifting other people up? How am I helping other people discover their own, their own innate power, their own passions and abilities? How do I remove barriers for them to, uh, to pursue their passions? And um, that is a daily practice. It's, it's also, you know, I think in everything that we do as a nonprofit organization, um, it's about how do we center the people that we serve in our work? How do we center their voices? How do we not only have them around the table, but ensure that they're power brokers around the table, that they influence our decisions, that they help us think differently about the work, um, that we make sure we have proximity to the community that we serve. Um, so these, these are all the questions that I think as a leader and a nonprofit leader in particular um, that I try to ask myself every day. I try to encourage our team uh, to ask themselves every day in their work. Each of us are holding power in, in an organization, no, no matter what level you're at, what your title is. And so we all have this opportunity to think about how do, how do we pave the way and remove barriers for other people to really rise up. Um, I love this quote by Alice Walker. Uh, she says, the most common way people give up their powers by thinking they don't have any. And I know as a, when I was a young mom, uh, I didn't think of myself as powerful at all. But then I look back and I think about what I was able to achieve as a young mother putting myself through college uh, you know, founding an organization, I had incredible power and just didn't realize it. And so I think there's opportunities for us, um, you know, in our lives every day for us to help people to see their power and to get out of their way so that they can really thrive and pursue that. And that's what we do, you know, at Generation Hope, I think is such an, a critical part of our work. Um, you know, we're helping student parents, not only in the DC region, but across the country, really discover their power and trying to uh, remove barriers for them to really succeed. Thank you, Nicole. I, yes, that, that is everything that I feel like I've learned in the classroom and, you know, at William & Mary, but I'm just like itching to practice. Um, but it's a good reminder that even, you know, in our daily life, we can still practice lifting other people up. Um, and it doesn't 
always have to be on a on a greater level. Um, Samantha, I hope I was thinking this really reminded me of a, the conversation that we had at Alumni Founder Series, and I hope you don't mind me looping that back in. But that at that event, you talked a lot about dealing with imposter syndrome, especially like as a student at William Mary. And I know that like I struggled with that a ton. I'm sure a bunch of our listeners have had similar experiences. Um, and I'm wondering, like, as it relates to power, how have you kind of reckoned with that? How is that going? And and if you can reflect on those experiences too. Uh, so I would say this year, um, something that I've like really worked to incorporate a lot is just speaking positively over my life, like, and over my day and over the things that I'm doing. So. Um, I remember before I, like the week I got my grad school application, uh, my admissions and like I got my mo uh, most recent job, it was in the same week. And I had said, I wrote down, I was like, this week is for only good things. And then good things started kind of like flowing in. So I think that a lot of who we are and the way we see ourselves, it comes from within us. It comes with how we see ourselves, how we speak over ourselves, even if things like, for example, like founding an organization or a nonprofit organization. I remember for so long with um, Read to Lead, then I didn't want to claim it. I was like, I haven't even done anything. I'm just here. I'm just like the face or whatever. They're just using my face and they're doing the work. Um, but recognizing that even if it doesn't really feel, even if you don't feel it, it's there. So just claiming it for yourself and like living out, living it out, like actively speaking it over yourself, like I said, actively living it out. Eventually, I mean, I'm not saying that like as you say something, then that's what's going to happen. But I think there is something so powerful in the way we speak over ourselves. So just like, like changing the way you speak and see yourself, um, that's what I have personally done. Um, and even if I feel like I don't have the power for, for like, I don't have the right words that I want to say over myself, then having people around me who speak good into my life has really been um, important. I think I mentioned that last time, like having people who are like, no, you're actually doing this. You're actually running this. You're actually doing amazing. You're doing great. Um, because sometimes it's, it's really easy to forget, <clears throat> excuse me, it's easy to forget yourself. Um, but having people around you, yeah, I would say like just this COVID time has like made me also realize how important community is, like having really good people in your life, in your circle, um, who are like feeding into your life in a positive way and you doing the same back. Yeah, completely agree. Um, as about to be a recent grad, it's really comforting to hear that like that's also something that you know, you do that I can see myself doing that's not so far off. Um, so thank you for sharing that experience. Um, I could talk to you all all day. It feels like we've literally been here for two minutes. Um, I don't know if you guys feel the same way, but um, <laughs> we like to wrap up the podcast um, by just asking, you know, if you were going back to where we started, if you were that kid, like, again, that kid who wanted to be a singer and all these different things and just like explore the world, nothing, nothing on the agenda. What would you tell that kid today, knowing what you know? And I think we can start with Dorian. Hmm, great question. What would I tell that kid? 
I would tell her to not underestimate the power of dreaming and experimenting and not letting anything or anyone, including herself, get in the way. Just to continue to stay true to what is true in the moment, what interests her, what others can bring to her life, just staying awake um, and connected to a sense of possibility. I think that's the, um, that's been sort of the secret of my being able to continue to reinvent my career and my life uh, in a way that's, that continues to feel vibrant, is never giving up. Uh, and not in a, in a sense of I'm a victim and I therefore need to fight the system, but more in the sense of I have more light inside myself than I give myself credit. And I need to bring that light into service for others with others and therefore nothing should stop me. Uh, and if somebody says no, then you know, ask yourself, well, how could I do it around the no? What else might there be? Who else might help me out? Uh, so that's what I would tell her to stay true to. I'd also tell her to continue to question authority, even her own. I think the capacity to push back against authorities that say, you can't do this, or this is not done this way, or it's never been tried, or it's been tried before and it failed, question authority, push back. The status quo is the status quo and it's meant to be changed. That's what I would remind her of. So be a little bit of a badass. Nicole, do you wanna um, go next? There are so many things that I would like to tell um, that little girl, trying to think of how I would narrow it down. Um, I think my biggest advice or my biggest um, message for her would be to follow her heart. Um, and I say that because uh, I think that one thing that has been constant in my journey as a, as a, um, a social entrepreneur has been that I have followed my heart. And it, that when there have been, um, you know, everything around me is, is saying, go this direction, or this is gonna be too difficult, or this problem is too big to solve. I have relied on my heart to say, what is the direction that I should go in? What should I take on? Um, and I think that's really benefited me. And, um, and so I think, particularly as I look back at my teenage years and being in college, there were some really like dark days and difficult nights. Um, but it was like what, it was my heart and what I wanted so badly for my daughter and for, you know, once I started Generation Hope for the world, that's, that's what kind of kept me going. And, and I think it has meant all the difference in my journey. So, so yeah, I would tell her to, to follow her heart. Um, so for me, I would tell my younger self, um, I think one reason why I had so many different dreams and ideas is that there was part of me that felt like, oh, this couldn't be real. This isn't possible. I have to do something real. Um, so I would say, tell my younger self to go confidently in the direction of your dreams. Um, 
that what like from a young age then I similarly to Nicole like what you mentioned earlier I always was writing I would I made a magazine when I was in third grade I would write anything but I always would put it aside as kind of like a hobby like I didn't know people wrote poetry for real if that makes sense I thought it was like just like something I just do when I'm bored in math class um, so I would tell my younger self to just go confidently in that in that direction. Um, your dreams are so realistic and possible and you can achieve them. I mean, people are doing amazing things in the world. So don't think that it's reserved for them. You like all that is within you is just wonderful and amazing. And even if it doesn't feel realistic, you can do something. If it's that you feel like you want to build wealth, build wealth. And then don't let that dream die, basically. Like you can pursue other things. You can, um, if you feel like engineering is going to bring in, like I said, money, then you can do that. But don't let your dream die, um, like right on the side. So yeah, I would say like, just keep that alive. Even if it's like a little flame, just keep it alive. Um, and even if, if you feel like you want to do bigger, then go fully in that direction. Yeah, that's what I'll tell my younger self. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to our conversation with Dorian, Nicole, and Samantha. This is the final episode of season two of day one and my final episode as your host. It has been such a joy just to understand how these founders' personal values and journeys are reflected in their entrepreneurship, and it has been just as much of a pleasure to get to share these conversations with you. I hope that every conversation thus far and all the conversations to come will offer you some fresh insight and inspiration to make today day one. Take care, everyone.